So I will say that I think it is good that we are in the middle of spring break right now. And what that means is most of the students are not with us today and, and, and the church here filled with mostly um, permanent community members. And so I, I, feel, I, just, I feel more comfortable with, uh, with asking this, this question with the students being gone. Y'all remember 1988? 1988. I don't think the students would remember that. They weren't born then. But you, many of you here, remember 1988. 32 years ago. 32 years ago. Sometimes it's hard to remember that far back. But for those of you who are my age or older, I'm guessing that you can at least remember certain points. 1988. I'm just thinking that's probably true. The big moments. Maybe the big moments would be the moments that you remember from 32 years ago. I was a sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school. One of the big moments of 1988 was when I was in religion class at my Catholic high school and the teacher decided to play us a movie about St. Francis. Now, the movie itself, I went back and watched it not that many years ago, and I couldn't believe that it had as big an impact on me as it did, but for some reason in 1988, this hippie movie called Brother Sun and Sister Moon uh, impacted me greatly. Uh, it's a movie of St. Francis, it's a movie of his conversion, and I would say this about the movie. Prior to watching that movie, you know, I had thought about what it might be like to live radically for Jesus Christ, but I didn't really pay it much thought. It sounded kind of boring. I watched the movie and everything changed. I was just so taken in by this life of this man that was portrayed by a bunch of hippies in the 70s and me watching it again in 1988. I was so taken in. And all of a sudden I started to ask the question, what if I, what if I was called to do something radical for Jesus Christ? And, and I would say it was that year, my sophomore year, where I had that first maybe moment where I really felt perhaps called to the priesthood. And I could go back into vivid detail and tell you about maybe the evening after I'd watched that movie or or the next day, that weekend, when I was really thinking like, this is what God's calling me to do. And I remembered it just being all-encompassing, this thought. It transformed me. I was changed because I was able to see something differently. Something that had looked boring all of a sudden seemed extremely exciting. And I was changed. It was 32 years ago and I can still remember it well. It was 32 years in between Peter, the Apostle Peter, writing his second letter. You can find it in the Bible. It's called Second Peter. It was 32 years more or less, based upon who you listen to, in between the time that Peter wrote his second letter from the time that he would have come to the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus in this story that we just told in today's Gospel, the Transfiguration. 32 years had passed. 32 years after the Transfiguration, where Jesus went up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he was transfigured before him, before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes, became, his clothes became white as light. Thirty-two years had passed, and St. Peter, while waiting his own persecution and death, 
Knowing that his death was imminent, he wrote to his followers, his apostles, and he said this about that day. My brothers and my sisters, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. The voice was born to him on that day by the majestic glory saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice born from heaven on that holy mountain. It's amazing to me that that time had passed, 32 years, and Peter still vividly remembered that day on that mountaintop where Jesus was transfigured before him, before James and John. And it gave Peter courage. It gave Peter courage. You know, a lot of times we think that Well, come on, seriously, these stories that are told about Jesus, how can they be true? They were so long ago. I mean, yeah, those people back then, they'd believe anything, wouldn't they? And so, of course, they believed the apostles. Of course, they believed any story that was told. But Peter's letter that we just read from tells us that's not the case. Even in his lifetime, he recognized, Peter recognized that people would not believe the story. It was just too fantastic. It was just too strange, this man dying and rising from the dead. And so Peter, in that last letter that he wrote, what did he say? We did not follow cleverly devised myths. We were there. We saw it with our own eyes on that mountaintop. We were there. We saw him risen from the dead. And it gave Peter courage, even in the midst of his suffering, even in the midst of his struggle. I think what you could say is that Peter was changed. James was changed. John was changed because of the transfiguration. Their eyes were open and they started to see things differently, perhaps somewhat like I started to see things differently 32 years ago when I watched the hippie movie about St. Francis. I believe this is true, my friends. I believe this to be true. That if we only see things kind of as they appear, on the surface, if we only see things like that, then we rarely see things as they truly are. But if we see things as they truly are, it changes who we are. It changes who we are. I love this reflection on today's gospel by a a bishop, Bishop Daniel Muggenberg, and he asks an important question. Who changed that day on the mountain? Who changed on the mountain that day? And and most of the time we would think that question, we'd hear that question, we'd say, well, Jesus changed. It says it right here. He was transfigured. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. But Bishop Muggenberg asks it and points out something a little bit different. When you think about the experience of Jesus' transfiguration, it is interesting to consider the question, who really changed in that moment? On the surface, it seems as though Jesus is the one who changed, but that's not really the case. Jesus simply allowed others to see his glory as the Son of God. 
But Jesus remained the same, both before and after the experience of the transfiguration. The people who were most changed in that moment were the disciples. It was the disciples that were changed. They were given an experience. They were given an insight into the presence of God. And that insight was meant to change the way they saw and experienced life from then on. The same thing still happens for all of us today. At various moments in our life, we are given an insight, we are given an experience, a mountaintop moment, you could call it, where we experience the glory of God and it's meant to change us. It's meant to make us see things differently, a little bit deeper than just the appearance. And if we see things as they appear, well, then we rarely see things as they truly are. But if we see things as they truly are, then it changes who we are. And in what ways do we need to see things differently, my brothers and sisters? In what ways do we perhaps need to go deeper and look past the appearances? Well, in the ways that we see other people. For sure, in the ways that we see other people, it's so easy to become annoyed at other people. It's so easy to just dismiss other people, to not love them, to not forgive them. Because what are we doing? We're looking at the appearance. We're looking at maybe even just their actions. We look at their actions and we just want to dismiss them. We want them out of our life because we don't like the way they act. But if we look deeper than that, we will see that, that, that they're just simply broken human beings. that need love, that desire love, that desire to be seen, that desire to be known. Maybe we need to look past some of those actions and start to love them, to see them, to know them. I think it would change things. It would change them. It would change us as well. And I think it's the same thing with Jesus. You know, Peter, James, and John, what had they seen before this moment? They'd known this man to speak powerfully, to speak with authority, to be a miracle worker, to be a friend. But they didn't see him in all his glory. And sometimes we see Jesus. Is that, yeah, one time dude that, that worked miracles 2,000 years ago, and for some reason, because of that, we still show up here at Mass today. But it's so much more than that. And we need to see him as more than that. We need to see him as the one who is still present with us today. The one who still sees us, knows us, loves us, even in spite of our actions and our sins. And recognizes the brokenness that is within each of us and still loves us. And when we recognize him, as that kind of a God, it changes things, it changes us. It's why we are in the middle of Lent. It's why we have almsgiving, fasting, and prayer as the three key pillars of Lent. Because in those three things, we're able to wipe away some of the muck that prevent us from truly seeing who others are and who Jesus is. It, it allows us to, to dismiss ourselves from some of those attachments that prevent us from seeing things more clearly. And so maybe this year, maybe this Lent, maybe today, if you've already failed, start again. Fasting, almsgiving, prayer. Start again. And maybe this Lent will be the Lent where we'll see things more clearly as they truly are. And then it will change who we are truly are.